Wake up, wake up, 502. It is going down on a beautiful Saturday morning here in the Ville. This is Rashawn Myers for Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM and 1450 AM. It's the big SWXVW. We are here talking all things sports. And I am super, super excited. That's why the song says I'm so excited. We have so much to talk about today. Uh, I mean, we have... In the past week, let me tell you something. Weeks like this, I, everybody knows I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. And, you know, I'm always trying to get out there and uh, talk about all the things going on. But it was so much going on that I actually decided, you know what? I'm not going to really say too much just because I want to go ahead and save it up for Saturday morning with my people and kind of just be able to give my thoughts about everything going on uh, with local sports, national sports, but definitely a lot of local flavor this week. We had Kenny Payne uh, speaking to the media earlier this week. Uh, We had um, TJ Capers making the announcement that he's reclassifying, so definitely want to talk about that. University of Louisville women's basketball took the court up in Canada at the Global Jam 
I want to talk about that. Uh, and then, of course, University of Kentucky. Uh, I don't know if they rode together up there <laughs> to, um, you know, to, to the event. Uh, but, you know, UK's up there as well in Canada, um, and, and they're doing some things. So, I mean, so many things to get into. I'm super, super excited to go ahead and start chatting about all those things. Of course, uh, we will also talk about, uh, you know, and take your texts and your calls for what about, you know, whatever you want to discuss this morning as well. Of course, the best ways to get involved, uh, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. That is the best way to get involved, to give your thoughts on anything that you hear or anything that you don't hear that you want to hear about. Uh, so absolutely give us a call into the Thornton's text line. Uh, make sure you go visit any of the local area Thornton's locations for the best uh, in goodies, grub, gas, uh, you know, things you need for your car, things you need for your stomach. Uh, Thornton's has it all for you. Uh, you know, as Mike says, any of the 82,674 local Thornton's locations, please uh, go out there uh, and support those good folks. And then, of course, you can also give me a call and we can t chop it up. We can talk it over. Um, if you want to do that, that number is 502-384-1450 uh, for the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Uh, would love to hear from you as well. Um, so, I mean, we have so many things happening uh it's so so exciting so let's go ahead and jump into it um it has been a a very long time <laughs> and when we talk about being a very long time uh it had been since uh what the last game or you know the last game of louisville season which of course uh was their loss to uh, boston college in the acc tournament uh was when louisville uh, went ahead and bowed out of uh, the uh, the uh, ACC tournament and finished off a four and twenty eight season. Um, it was a, it was a rough year uh, for the Cards, no doubt. Um, and you know, people had been waiting. I, you know, we had mentioned on this show uh, several times that you know we had not heard uh, much of anything from Kenny Payne uh, at all. Uh, you know, once the, the the loss happened and and the the most odd thing about it was just the simple fact that, um, you know, th there were good things going on in the Cardinal program. Everybody said that after, you know, having a, a very difficult year and, of course, with most of the issues being play, you know, being placed at the feet of the players, which, you know, the coaching staff made no uh, bones about the simple fact that, you know that that it was a lot of issues with the the guys in the program not really being up to snuff. Let's just say, okay. And, and there was a lot of talk about, wow, you know, these kids they're they're depressed about you know what had been happening, what had been going on. You know that they were very very sad about that. They were uh, very. Yeah, uh, you know what? What are we gonna say? Distraught? I don't know if if that's the <laughs> I don't know if that's the best word for it, but, you know, there was just a lot wrapped around, um, you know, this whole thing of the players not being good enough, and that was the reason uh, that, you know, everything was happening. So, you know, with that being the case, 
we expected to see a lot of turnover. We lot we expected to see a lot of different things going on, and you know we got pretty much what we expected to get, which was uh, a lot of turnover, and we saw a lot of big time moves, and we saw Louisville make some very nice moves. Of course, uh, we had the additions of Scott Clark and Dennis Evans and Trenton Flowers. Uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, nice moves being made, but the problem was we hadn't heard any sort of introduction outside of just some, you know, some clips and things come out from U of L with Kenny Payne's printed comments about the players, but we hadn't heard from the coach himself. So, you know, I mean, it was one of those things where we didn't really know when we were going to hear anything from the coach. And then it was announced uh, last weekend, I believe it was Sunday, uh, that John Rothstein, who's a, you know, a college basketball national writer, uh, who put out there, you know, hey, we're going to have Kenny Payne on, uh, on the podcast. And John Rothstein uh, was, I believe, down at the Peach Jam, uh, and with you know being down at the Peach Jam, he was able to get several uh, interviews done while he was down there, and, and you know that that pretty much was the uh, you know when he was able to get a, in you know have a conversation with Kenny Payne and be able to get some some comments on him about the season and you know pretty much everything going on uh, with the Cardinal program coming off of you know what was. You know, honestly, let's keep it real. One of the most difficult seasons ever. You know, I mean, it it, it honestly was. It was just a, it was just a very very difficult year. And with with that being the case, you know, everybody's wanted to hear from. Him. Everybody's wanted to you know wanted to see what he was going to say next, you know, and, and see what, it, you know, what, what the direction of the Louisville, let's talk about these players that you brought in, you know, what went right, what went wrong uh, with the season last year and, you know, those types of things, um, you know, and, and it was very interesting uh, with, with Kenny Payne, you know, when he talked to John Rothstein and John Rothstein basically came out and, you know, said, you know, we heard a lot of the same. I'll just say this. We heard a lot of the same uh, from Kenny Payne. Well, one of the, the comments uh, that, that Coach Payne uh, came out with when he spoke with John Rothstein, uh, he said, I was dealt a set of cards um, that were a little bit unfortunate. Uh, we knew it wouldn't be great. I can't say that I thought we would. I, I would do anything different. This is when he was asked if he would do anything different and, you know, with what happened last year. He said, we had sanctions on our head uh, with people saying we were going to get the death penalty. Um, you know, so I'll start here because that, that was one of the big comments that came out of the interview. I'll say this, you know, with Coach Payne having now several months to kind of marinate on the season in general, to think about what he did right, what went wrong, you know, turnover with the roster. You know, I, I'll say this. I was not necessarily excited about hearing pretty much that the coach still placed everything on the fact that the players weren't good enough because that's what I heard. You know, I know he also said that it's nobody's fault what happened. You know, it was just the cards we were dealt. We heard him use the cards analogy probably six or seven times 
during the interview. And, of course, if you want to check it out, you can always check out John Rothstein's podcast um, and, and listen to the replay. It's at John Rothstein. That's J-O-N-R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N. Uh, and you can listen to the long-form comments. But the, the, the unfortunate thing for me about that is that to basically – have the coach come out and say that it was the car. The reason that we went four and 24 and the reason that we had such a difficult season and the reason that we lost to so many teams that Louisville was clearly more talented than was just the cards that we were dealt, which basically says we didn't have the talent to beat anybody. We didn't have the talent to beat any of these teams. That's why we lost all these games. And that, for me, is an unfortunate comment. And the reason it's unfortunate is because I don't think it's necessarily true. In fact, I don't want to say necessarily true. It's absolutely not true. You know, like, was this the best group of players ever? No. But, you know, in terms of talent, I believe Louisville's uh, team last year, out of, you know, the 370, 380, however many teams it is in Division I basketball, University of Louisville was rated as the 37th most talented team in terms of pure talent rankings, uh, you know, composite talent rankings coming out of high school. 37, they were top 40. So the, the excuse and the comment that, you know, well, it was just all the cards we were dealt. We couldn't have done anything to change anything that happened last year. It was all just the cards that we were dealt. That was after, you know, I understand being in the storm and being in the middle of it that when things are going south, you place the blame and you place the issues and the situations and the losses on whatever you see in front of you. But the, the part that I have an issue with is just the simple fact that the only thing that I heard that was a difficulty last year and the only thing that I heard that was wrong, everything that was mentioned during the interview with John Rothstein was the players. It was the personnel. It was the fact that all my coaching staff, me included, I'm awesome. And we heard him say that, you know, it, it proves how awesome I am because look at this. We have a top 10 recruiting class coming off the worst year ever. That's how awesome I am. I would argue that that's how awesome the University of Louisville is because Louisville has the pedigree. Louisville has the history. Louisville has the facilities and everything else that goes on. It makes it awesome. Yes, you, coach, you are awesome at getting out there and relating with people and doing that. But I would say Louisville's a pretty awesome place. So, as I've said, Louisville should always be recruiting at that level because this is the University of Louisville. But I heard the coaching staff is awesome, and the coaching staff did a great job. But you know what? We lost because it was just the cards that we were dealt. You didn't have the cards to beat Lenore Ryan. You didn't have the cards to beat Bellarmine. You didn't have the cards to beat Appalachian State, really. You were just dealt such a bad hand, you didn't even have the cards to beat those teams. That's where my issue comes in. You didn't have the cards to stay within, I don't know, 30 of Texas Tech. When I look at this team and I look at where Louisville's going, that's where my issue is. And and the reason that I have this issue, and it's not all the coaching staff's fault, I'm not saying that. It's a combination of things. 
I don't think that the coaching staff did a very good job, uh, you know, conditioning and getting the team in the shape they needed to uh, in preparedness for the season year one. I didn't think that the game plan and the scheme um, was necessarily very clear from what I was able to see on the court. And, and I don't think that the, the players necessarily played up to their potential because of their lack of understanding and just the fact that, in, you know, I thought that there were a lot of guys playing out of position or that just weren't good enough to do what the coaching, self, uh, coaching staff was asking. So I think that, you know, at worst it was a 50-50 situation. But my fear is this. And, you know, of course, as I said, if you want, if you have thoughts on this 502-414-1450, I'd love to hear your thoughts via the Thornton's text line or 502-384-1450, the Wake Up 502 buzz line. And, of course, uh, my buddy Haven Harrington, the co-host here, uh, will be along soon. He's out on the road, so he will be calling into the show. Um, my fear is this, is that if really and truly the only issues that uh, Coach Payne and the coaching staff have with last year was that we just didn't have the players and it was just all what the players did and they just didn't have the cards that they needed. Now that you have a new hand, it tells me that you're going to play this new hand the exact same way you played the old hand, which means you're going to prepare them the same way you prepared uh, the team year one. You're going to go through the same conditioning regimens and, and things that you did year one. That means you're going to go ahead and get uh, as far as system install, you're going to install the same system and the same, you know, pre preparations that you did year one. And I honestly thought that the preparation, uh, you know, both in terms of an offensive install and defensive install lacked a lot of uh, direction and purpose. It, to, to me, it seemed it was a lot more about telling guys that they were athletic enough to be able to stay in their, in front of their man defensively and to be able to help defensively and offensively to be able to just use your talent to be able to take one-on-one -on -one matchups and score. And I felt that that lack of direction and that lack of a tried and two dot in the wool system led to a lot of the, the issues that Louisville had last year. So it makes me nervous when I hear Coach Payne come out and say, you know, it was just all about the cards we dealt because if that's really and truly the way you feel and that's what you believe happened, then you believe that everything that you did in terms of getting the team ready last year was good enough. So let's hope, <laughs> let's hope that that's not the situation and let's hope that's not the, the, the true feelings um, of the coach because, you know, that, that just, that scares me. Um, you know, I, I, it just, that, really does not sit well with me. Uh, one of the other situations that, you know, or one of the other comments um, that, that Coach Payne came across with John Rossine as well, I also was a little shaky on. He also said, uh, quote, uh, you can get guys out of the portal. This is when you he was talking about how he put the, together the team for this coming year, as we talked about with Clark and, you know, uh, uh, Trent Flowers and all those guys, uh, Dennis Evans. He said, you can get guys out of the portal uh, and have success for a year. I would rather build a program and do it the right way and get young people to have a good mixture of veteran guys. You have some stability, not just for a year. Um, this was the other issue. We, we know that when Coach Payne first came in, we lamented the fact that he really was not as active as we, as we would have liked to see him with the transfer portal. 
Uh, we knew that there were some holes. Of course, everybody talked about the lack of guards. Uh, you know, on Wake Up 502, we were very um, consistent with the fact that the lack of guard play was a big issue. Uh, for the team where we saw that coming in. And then, of course, with L. Ellis being pretty much the only guard of any substance or of any experience on the team, everything was basically L. Ellis or bust all year, which was a huge, huge issue. Uh, you know, so then Kenny Payne comes out with this comment saying that, you know, yeah, it's nice to use the portal, but, you know, we really don't want to utilize the portal. We want to build with our young players. We want to build with guys that are going to be in the system and build things up the right, the right way, quote unquote. I have an issue with this for two reasons. The first issue with this is that you had freshmen last year. You know, when you talk about Fabio Basile, you talk about um, uh, Kamari Lands, uh, you talk about Devin Ree. Those are three freshmen that you brought into the program that you took them through year one of your system and, and teaching them how you wanted them to play and teaching them what you expected out of them. If you wanted to build, quote-unquote, the right way and, and have guys that were going to become veterans – then why let those guys walk out of your program? And the first thing people are going to say is, well, you know, we had such a terrible season and we didn't have players that deserved to be here. I hear that. But now what it sounds like to me is you're basically getting rid of everybody and asking for a reset button. Because, oh, well, you know, those guys were good. I know Kamari Lance was a top 50 player. I know Devin Reed was a top 70, top 75 player. But he wasn't a guy who was talented enough to deserve to be there. If you don't think top 100 kids deserve to be at the University of Louisville, that's one thing that I have an issue with. But if you also, well, <clears throat> excuse me, if you also want to believe in building from the ground up and having veteran guys, would not being able to hold on to guys like Kamari Lance, Devin Ree, and Fabio Basile, even if they weren't <clears throat> now, and I'll say definitely two of the three were without a doubt more talented enough to be here. But if you have two guys that you have a year in your system that you can come in and bring back that know the ins and outs that then when you bring in these new freshmen, they can kind of help put those guys along and they know more about your system. If you really and truly believe in that, I would think at least one or two of the freshmen that you brought in, mainly Devin Ree and Kamari Lands, would be part of what you want to do building forward. So that makes me nervous that you have two top 100, top 75 kids, but because they didn't pan out and they didn't come out and play well enough out of the box, they didn't deserve to be here, and they weren't good enough for what you believe in, which is in terms of building a team from the ground up. So you're kind of speaking outside of both mouths in terms of your actions doing one thing and your words saying another thing. That was, that was one issue I had with that. The other issue is the quote-unquote building it the right way and having guys for more than one year – with the current temperature of what college basketball is in the 2023-2024, you know, upcoming year and what we've seen over the last couple of years with the, uh, tr you know, one-time transfer becoming uh, very, very popular, you can't build, you can't build a team expecting to have guys stay around for multiple years, especially when you're talking about your best players. 
It used to be that all you had to worry about in terms of your most talented guys was a kid coming in and being a one and done or a two and done and going pro. Now you have the uh, these kids have the opportunity when they come in as young people to if a they aren't getting the playing playing time like we didn't see the playing time from Kamari Lands or Dev, Devin Ree, what those guys decide to do, they decide to transfer. You know, Ree going down to Louisiana, and you know Kamari Lands heading out west to Arizona State, and you know when those things happen. That's the whole point, right? Is that you can have, you can want to build things the right way and build through a team of guys where you have talented guys that are successful. Like you want to have what you have in what I'm guessing you believe you have in Mike James, who was a young man who had a very good uh, red shirt freshman season. Um, and is going to come back. He's going to bring back some experience. He has the talent that you like. He has the hustle and the effort. And you want to have a, a team of, what, maybe three, four, five Mike James that stay around and uh, help you build a program. But you know what? Mike James has the opportunity to leave. Okay, and with the one-time transfer, to me, it, it seems like, and we've seen it with so many of the top programs, that – you have to just about plan your team on a year-to-year basis. And as you say, get the best cards you can get to make a run for that year because you can't trust that any of these kids are going to be there long-term. Now, maybe you believe that you have a good enough uh, infrastructure in place and you have a good enough relationship with these young men that they're going to stay around for multiple years to help you build. But is that really reality? You know, is that reality that you can bank on that and you can bet on that and you want to build your program as such that, yeah, I'm not going to go out there and get a bunch of transfers because all my guys are going to stay around and we're going to have savvy veterans that stay around because, I mean, let's just say Mike James, for example. Let's say in 2024, we've talked about it, you know, the expectations for this year. Uh, For myself, I think that Louisville's definitely going to be better than what they were. I do think that Louisville will get to double-figure wins. Um, You know, I don't expect for us to be in a situation where we're talking about four, six, eight wins again just because Louisville should not have had four, six, or eight wins last year. Louisville should have had no less than 12 wins at least last year. So let's just say the water, let's not say it returns to its level, but let's just say Louisville doesn't have another historically bad year. They'll still have a historically bad year for Louisville standards, but not for college basketball standards. Okay, so let's just argue and say Louisville gets to 14, 15 wins. You know, slightly under 500, definitely better than what you had last year, but still not touching the NCAA tournament. If that happens, a young man like Mike James that you said you wanted to build the right way and have veterans in your program, is Mike James going to want to hang around Louisville for a third season if he's working on his first year having to deal with the 4-28 and season, a second year having to deal with another sub-500 season, winning 14, 15 games, and that's not going to leave the fan base very happy. So I'm going to guess that the environment around uh, the Yum Center is going to be a little difficult. If you're a young man in Mike James that's com- completed two years, you're going to have options. Did you have a good enough year to, you know, go ahead and put your throw your hat into the ring and try to go pro? But if you don't go pro, do you feel like, man, I need to get a change of scenery and I want to go somewhere where I can have an opportunity to win? 
I mean, look at L. Ellis. L. Ellis only had one year left of college, and L. Ellis decided he wanted to go to a school where he could compete for a national championship, and he went to Arkansas. That was seen as a better view for him. You know, so let's just say Kamari Lands gets to, you know, after coming off of a 14, 15, 16 win season in Louisville, he decides, you know what, I, you know, I feel like my junior year may be my last year um, as a collegiate athlete. I want to go ahead and jump the ship. Okay, let's say Trenton Flowers, who everybody is raving about, you know, his play at Team USA and has a lot of pro prospect, uh, you know, pro people talking about his potential. Let's say Kamari, uh, excuse me, Trenton Flowers decides, you know, this year kind of sucked. We were around 500. We didn't have the year we, we thought we were going to have, or maybe we had a decent season. I'm going to go ahead and jump to the pros. I'm going to go ahead and make that move now. So that now you got one kid looking to transfer. You got one kid, uh, you know, looking to go pro. Maybe Dennis Evans pans out and he plays a lot. Maybe he doesn't and decides, you know what, I was going to go to the Big Ten. Uh, maybe I'm going to go back to the Big Ten. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not hoping that to happen. But my point being is that these kids have more options on the table than they've ever had. So to say that I'm just going to want to build a program where I can take freshmen, uh, freshmen from the ground up and we'll just build them up and keep them around for two, three years, four years, is just not a realistic or a very feasible option in the climate that is college basketball in 2023-2024. So when I hear you talking about having some stability, I would just argue that college athletics right now, and you know, in terms of football and basketball, isn't very stable because these young people have all the power to do pretty much whatever they want. And when you're talking about 17 to 20 year olds, you know, their mood changes and their wants and, and likes and dislikes change in a heartbeat. So trying to build when it's all about them. Coaches used to have a great deal of the power in college athletics because if you wanted to transfer, you had to sit out for at least a year. If you wanted to transfer in conference uh, for some places, you had to sit out two years. So the coaches had a tremendous amount of power back in the old days. And this was before the graduate transfers and now the one-time transfers. Coaches don't have that power anymore. So trying to build as if you still have all that power and that you can control your roster for a more than a year-by-year -year basis is folly, in my opinion, just because you can't trust that anymore. So, you know, I, th there was just a couple of things that were concerning about, you know, the, a couple of those comments that, that I heard. And, and, you know, my hope is that Kenny Payne, uh, you know, is, has all the success in the world, but at the same time, there's just there were definitely some red flags that came out of the interview. Um, he definitely had great things to say uh, about several of the players uh, within the roster. He said Dennis Evans, you know, if Dennis Evans can be the guy that we need him to be, and he can be a true rim protector, he believes that Dennis Evans can be uh, and grow into in time. You know, one of the best big men in college basketball. He raved about Trenton Flowers, uh, said that, you know, he believes that Trenton Flowers can be one of the best freshmen in college basketball. He's a guy who expects to be able to come in and play big minutes and have a big time impact on the University of Louisville. He did also mention Karan Davis, said he felt that Karan Davis is going to have a big time impact on the University of Louisville as well. And of course, he raved about Sky Clark, uh, saying that Sky Clark, he expects to be by end of the year one of the best guards in college 
college basketball. And that's what Louisville needs to have happen. Louisville needs to have all of these young men show up and show out. You know, when he talked about Scott Clark and saying that he has the keys to the car, um, you know, he's a guy that is expected he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's expected to lead this team, um, you know. The, the only issue that I had when he talked about, A, Scott Clark, is that he said he's not going to be able to judge Scott Clark uh, you know, on the success of this team. And he did, you know, say that about the team as well, that he said he's not going to be able to judge uh, this team by their success in terms of winning losses. It's going to be more about in terms of how their effort level and their fight, their level of fight. Um, that was probably the last comment that really concerned me because that isn't that the same thing that we heard about his expectations for year one? You know, what uh, wasn't that what we heard Kenny Payne say about uh, this year? It wasn't going to be about wins and losses. Year one is going to about be about wins, win, winning, and learning. You know, losses are going to be learning opportunities, and, and you know it's going to be about figuring out how the team, you know, learn what they learn from the struggles. And obviously, they didn't learn much from the struggles because they continued to lose and lose and lose some more throughout the year. But you know, my fear with that is you're already setting expectations and lowering the bar to talk about I don't, I'm not going to put a number on the, the number of wins it's going to be about fight it's going to be about effort you're already trying to prepare for a difficult season by not wanting to I mean I, I would say have an opportunity with this you know everybody everybody has told me and everybody uh, you know has talked about on social media Louisville has a top three recruiting class Louisville has a big time transfer in Scott Clark coming over Louisville has a big time uh, point guard recruit Tyler Johnson coming in who of course is still not on campus yet uh, which worries me but that's another story for another day I haven't heard anything from him but Louisville has all these players coming in Louisville has all these kids coming into the program I need to hear Louisville's going to be competitive in the ACC and have an opportunity to make the the, the uh, NCAA tournament that's the expectation that's the ex expectation for Louisville and that's the expectation for me I mean I would like to hear my coach at least come out and have the belief and energy that they can come out there and compete at the highest level when I hear my coach come out and say, well, it's not going to be really about wins. It's going to be about their fight. It's going to really be about, you know, how they handle adversity and can they fight and give the energy and show the toughness. Louisville talks about winning championships. What do, what do we say? You know, be it one of the best teams in the ACC, compete for a national championship. You know, get into the NCAA tournament and make moves. That's what I want to hear from my Louisville coach. And in year two, to hear – Basically, the coach trying to, you know, dumb down expectations in J July. <sighs> that just it it, it was not it, the the interview definitely did not leave me excited for what's going on, and and I have a lot that I am excited about. I am excited to see what Scott Clark, the former number one point guard in the in the class of twenty twenty two, what he can do uh, at at Louisville. You know, Trenton Flowers reclassifying from twenty twenty four, becoming a part of this team, a young man that looks like he's going to have a true opportunity to be a one and done after putting on a, a big time show with Team USA, being able to steal Dennis Evans away from Minnesota. Uh, you know, a borderline four 
four-star, five-star big man, uh, best shot blocker in his class with his length and athleticism and quickness for his size. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be excited for there. Being able to get a young man like Tyler Johnson, a former uh, Memphis commitment, uh, to to re, you know to to uh, reconsider his commitment to Memphis, end up committing to the University of Louisville. Caleb Glenn, one of the better prospects to come out of the state of Kentucky in a while. Curtis Williams, the number one basketball player in the state of Michigan. People, there's a lot to be excited about. I'm a Louisville fan. I'm super super excited to hear these guys. But with these guys coming in. I want to expect that, that the coach is going to say, hey, we're going to have a chance. And if these guys come in and play well, there's going to be a chance for a special season here. What is wrong with saying that? What is wrong with that being your expectation? Because when you're already dampering or uh, pushing down expectations, to me, that's the wrong messaging for the players. Not only is that the wrong messaging for the fans in terms of getting them excited, that's the wrong messaging for the players because now the players are like, oh, well, you know, we're not going to be that good, but hopefully we can fight. And show fight and, you know, show it through our adversity, be able to, you know, show effort. So, you know, those are things that just worry me about, you know, what what, what the coach had to say. But, hey, there's plenty of time to get into that. There's plenty of time to worry about it. You know, those are kind of my long-form thoughts on on Kenny Payne. If you have thoughts on what Kenny Payne said, um, I would love to hear from you. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. You can give me a call, 502-384-1450. i tell you what, we're late for our first break. We're going to go ahead and take this first break when we come back. We have plenty more to get into. We have UofL football to get into, UofL women's basketball to get into, your thoughts on Louisville men's basketball. We'll be back. This is Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers, and we'll be back on the Big X. Welcome back, welcome back. Second segment of the show, Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, 96.1 FM. 14.50 a.m. taking care of you on this beautiful Saturday morning. It was an uh, easy drive over the bridge this morning here to Southern Indiana. Happy to be with you. Happy to be breaking it down, chatting all things Louisville basketball, uh, football, and everything else going on. Uh, you know, as we talked about in the first segment, some of the uh, comments coming from Kenny Payne, uh, Louisville head basketball coach, uh, on with John Rothstein. Um, you know, the, uh, overall, a, a very good interview. Definitely some things that, uh, you know, what one would have liked to uh, hear from him. I will say that Coach Payne was also very, very high on uh, Trey White. Um, <laughs> it was funny uh, when John Rothstein uh, asked about uh, some of the guys coming in. It was odd the way. Kenny discussed uh, Trey White specifically uh, when asked, you know, what what he's going to bring to the program. Uh, Kenny said, well, he said he can play uh, the two, the three, or the four. 
you know, so so we expect him to be a guy who's going to come in and bring some leadership and uh, come in and, and make it have a big impact. And my only thought about that was just when he said that, well, he said he can do this. Well, that's nice, you know, to, to hear what he said he can do. But what do you think he can do for, uh, for, for for your program? Where do you see him fitting in? So, you know, I know that's that's nitpicky, but it was kind of funny just to hear him say, well, he said he can play the one, two, three, four. You know, well, these kids coming in think that they can do a whole lot of things. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're able to do it. So hopefully the whole roster wasn't built on, uh, you know, asking the kids what they think they can do. Uh, you know, you got to kind of. Uh, be the one that that knows where they fit into to your group. I just don't really want to put guys out there saying, "Well, Trey, you told me you could be a, a two, so I'm going to put you at the two because that's what you said you can do." You know, I I, I would hope that you know uh, where exactly they fit in. I just thought that was odd. That, that's parsing words and, and all that stuff. So I, it was not necessarily a, a big. Uh, you know, a big point of contention. I just thought it was odd the way he said that. You know, well, he said he can do this, this, and this. So that's what I expect him to bring. Well. You know, my, my my son talks about all the things he can do on the court, and <laughs> I feel like most of that is in his head. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna take his word for it. Not gonna take the player's word for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna more take that on what the coach thinks he can do. Um, but you know, like like I said, there, there was a lot of things that came out of it. Was good. It was definitely good to hear uh, from the Louisville head coach since it had been so long. I would love to have him. Uh, come out and discuss more of the season uh, with the media. It, it's 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 so funny and odd because Kenny Payne has been popping up. I believe he was down at the uh, Norton Healthcare Plaza uh, for an event um, a couple of days ago, and you know we, we see this pop up uh, where you know he comes out and says. Uh, you know, um, so so glad to be here, meeting out, you know, with the community, being able to have a chance to come out here and do A, B, and C with group, uh, you know, A, B, one, two, and three. Uh, it's so awesome to be there. But there's never really – it doesn't seem like there's really a lot of announcement, uh, you know, when the coach is going to be out there. And, you know, a lot of times when the coaches get it, get out there and do a lot of these uh, uh, appearances, they'll let the media know so the media can come out there and have a little – round table or a round robin quick Q&A session after they get done. Like, that really seems to have not been happening lately with, with Louisville basketball. Like, we saw Jeff Brom at the Rotary Club. Jeff Brom uh, made an appearance out there, and then he took time to talk with the media afterward and take some local questions. That's my only thing. When when you haven't spoken uh, since that last loss of the season, but there's really been no effort to even, you know, have the media come out and just talk and talk about things with anybody locally, that's just kind of crazy to me. Like, uh, it, it kind of is what it is, but I would just, I would like to just hear a little bit of something. Like, am I wrong? Am I being too harsh? Does he, you know, I I, I just need to know if, if I'm asking too much. I don't necessarily think I'm asking too much for the, um, the coach of Louisville men's basketball to be a little bit more um, – transparent or a little more visible you know I, I would think that that would be something that you would want from him but you know I just I don't know I I, I, I feel I, I hate it because people <laughs> even my son my son gets on me all the time he's like you hate Kenny Payne I don't hate Coach Payne 
I want to see Louisville do well. I want whatever man is running this program to have all the success in the world. But, you know, just like I said, I had concerns before last season. I have concerns for this. Like, it feels like it's more kind of not necessarily run away and hiding from the fan base and hiding from the media, but there's just no flavor or appetite or want or willingness to get out there in front of the camera. It's like you can't really run a program the with the profile of a University of Louisville and be that invisible. Like, you just can't. Like, the media and doing those rounds is part of your responsibilities as the University of Louisville head coach. So when it just seems like there's been a concerted effort to just not be visible and to not be there is concerning to me. Because you can't kind of turtle up and just not want to be there. It's kind of like during the coaches' shows. More, you know, I, I don't know if it may have been half or even more of his coaches' shows that he didn't even show up. You know, and it's it's fine to hear from Josh Jameson. It's fine to hear from Danny Manning. It's fine to hear from Nolan Smith. But people want to hear from the head coach, especially when you're going through a very difficult season. You know, while we love the assistant coaches, we really don't care that much about what they have to say because you were the guy. You're the face of the program. You've got to be there to answer the tough questions. This is a humongous fan base, the number one fan base in college basketball in the number one city for college basketball. You know, you're like the um, the head of state for this program and for this university in a lot of ways. The, the, the face of Louisville athletics for most years, for the last 40, 50 years, has been the basketball coach. So for you as the head basketball coach to be that invisible on the local scene, except for, you know, your, your pop-ups, you'll show up for a prayer session at St. Stephen's or you'll show up for a little community event in the West End and in West Louisville, which I love and I appreciate. And I love the fact that you're putting a focus on West Louisville and some of the, the areas of town that have been underserved by Louisville Athletics Department. But at the same time, you still have to make yourself available and talk to the, the you know, to the fan base consciousness at whole. You can't just be this invisible. So, you know, th those are just a couple of things that I would like to see moving forward. A better job done with that. And, you know, I would think that the University of Louisville PR department would do a better job of making him available. It almost just seems like everybody has just given an effort to keep Kitty Payne away from anybody locally, which is just odd to me. You know, and, and I'm not saying that it has to be on Big X. It doesn't have to be an interview with me. You know, if it's on with ES, the guys at ESPN or if it's on with, you know, my buddy Mike Rutherford who works during the uh, week here um, at, at Big X or if it's Nick Coffee over there on 790. Like, you should – be speaking with somebody. You know, I would love it to be just an open forum where you could have the media come out. But anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. I would just love to hear that. Uh, Texture text in. He says, I agree with everything you said, Rock. Well, I appreciate that. Um, tampering uh, expectations is allowing the pressure to be t uh, tempered down on this team and hopefully have a positive effect on their performance. Uh, Calipari is doing the same thing with his young team. Growing pains will be a part of the game. And I... I my thing is lowering expectations. To me, if you want to do that, I don't know where that's a positive. Like, I don't know where. Like, Louisville's a place where you go because there are expectations. Calipari doesn't have to do a lot of, um, you know, a lot of motivation because the expectation and the baseline has already been set by Coach Cal. Coach Cal doesn't have to say anything because Coach Cal has already done it. 
You know, he always says, you know, we don't move the needle. We are the needle. The expectation and what we've done here, look at all the guys that got drafted. I mean, the most recent being Kaysen Wallace, who's having a great summer league uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So he doesn't have to really say much because the pressure is already built in at UK. Okay, they have a bunch of fans up there in Canada cheering on the Wildcats, uh, you know, playing up there. Uh, in, in the great north up in Canada right now. Uh, you know, Wildcats are big. Blue's going to travel everywhere. So the the expectations and the pressure is already there because of the standard that Calipari set. So I would argue he doesn't have to say anything. Kenny Payne hasn't built that at Louisville. There's expectation at Louisville because it's the University of Louisville, but I think that putting that pressure and putting the screws to these players, I think trying to tamper expectations and putting it down – Okay, coach, you don't have those expectations, but guess who does? The fan base. And guess what? If the fan base comes out there and they don't see you winning, you know what they're going to do? They're going to be upset. They're going to voice their displeasure. You know, there's a lot of wackadoodles out there. It ain't just wackadoodles with, you know, U.K. fans and Alabama fans. There's wackadoodles in the Louisville fan base. And they're going to be tweeting at these kids. They're going to be at social media yell at these kids. They're going to be on Wake Up 502 and, you know, all the other sports shows around the country or around the city yelling and fussing about what this team's going about. So, to me, tampering expectations and putting it down and not understanding the expectation, I don't know if that's doing them a service or if it's doing them a disservice. Because the expectation is going to be there. When you are a program that, that charges as much for season tickets as they do, when it costs as much to take a family of four out to these U of L athletic events, there's expectation. There's always going to be expectation. Uh, and, you know, the team fell well below that. So having these kids coming out in there and saying, well, you know, fellas, if we just go out there and play hard, it really doesn't matter. I don't think that's the best way to go about it. I want you sweating hard, getting that last rep in, running that last suicide, you know, staying after and getting more shots up and going hard because there are expectations. To me, this is a full court press, and this is one of the things that I had an issue with. It really felt like last year the coaching staff didn't feel as if there was any pressure on them to succeed. And they coached like it, and Kenny Payne talked about it, Every press conference as if there was no pressure that this was okay that what was happening. When that young man at the, at the uh, uh, press conference after the loss to Boston College in the ACC tournament, when he asked, you know, do you think you'll be brought back? Kenny Payne was like, what do you mean do you think I'll be brought back? What do you th- mean do you think that I'll be able to keep my job? I thought we had a great season. That type of disconnect, it's just not acceptable. If you really think that this was good enough at the University of Louisville, that you thought that four wins is good enough, like then you'll think that tw- you, you won 12 games this year. That's going to be great. That's not great. That's crap. That's horrible. People are expecting that Louisville's going to be back in the NCAA tournament year two. Okay, and for you to basically try to reset expectations and act like you're restarting it through year one in your second year, absolutely not. You're not. You're expected to do better. You decided to get rid of all the players from last year and start over again with these new guys, Sands, Mike James, and J.J. Trainer and Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Okay, you decided to do that. But you don't get a reset, and you don't get to just basically talk as if this is your first year all again, like this was a do-over and it didn't count. It did count. 
People spent their hard-earned money. They spent their money on season tickets. They spent their money on, you know, swag and, and food and drinks and everything else. They spent millions upon millions of dollars at the Yum Center for last year. So, yes, it counted. So the expectation is, let my money be worth something this year in 2023-2024. That's all I'm saying. Okay? I just think that's that's fair. That's doing fair by the fan base. It's doing fair by those players, and it's doing fair by everybody involved. But I tell you what, uh, we got these texts coming in uh, fast and furious. Oh, and my stepmom agrees wholeheartedly with me. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that that you guys are listening and that you agree with everything I'm saying. But we're going to go ahead take our top of the hour break. When we come back, University of Louisville has a, n- a new big-time player uh, in football. Uh, Jeff Brom, as we talked about, spoke with the uh, Rotary Club and had some very interesting things to say about getting ready for this season. We're going to talk about that and much, much more. You are listening to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. This is Big X Sports Radio WXVW. We'll be back. Do you need a baller? You can shop into the mall. Brag, tell your friends what I bought you. If you couldn't see yourself when this door was low, baby girl, if this is so. Yo, can I get a what? What? Do these chickens from all of my dogs who don't love though? They get no dough. Can I get a. And welcome back, welcome back in hour number two. Wake up 502 with Rashawn Myers here taking care of you. Big X Sports Radio, WXVW. And you know what? Get ready for the boom. That's going to be happening a whole lot this fall, people. Let me tell you something. University of Louisville announced that TJ Capers, the uh, five-star linebacker out of Miami, uh, reclassified from 2024 to 2023 and is now part of the Flyville 23 class. And not only did he reclassify, he is already on campus very, very excited to add, um, you know, one of the best linebackers, if not the best. He was rated by many uh, prognostications prior to his commitment to Louisville because, of course, we know if you commit to the University of Louisville football program, it's going to kill your ranking. But prior to his commitment to the University of Louisville, he was rated by some services as the best outside linebacker uh, in the class of 2024. So Louisville added a definite big-time player uh, to the mix. Uh, very, very excited to see uh, what TJ is going to bring to the table. Um, you know, Coach uh, Jeff Brom met with the media and uh, talked about that a little bit, and we are definitely going to get into that um, as well. But first, before we do get into that, we do have a caller into the uh, the, the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. We got Jay Has on the line. Jay, how you doing this morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Man, doing all right, man. Excited, you know, talking a whole lot. We did a whole lot of Kenny Payne in the first hour in his press uh, <laughs> his press conference. So, you know, we talked about that, man. Now, you know, talking a little Cardinal football. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing fine, man. And uh, welcome to uh, 96.1. I'm Jay Harris. And just giving you uh, some update about one of the one of the top, or well, a good friend of mine um, played uh, 
pick up games back at Seneca Park back in the days. And then I can say how long ago it was. I'll say about 30, 40 years ago. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring to the uh, 19.1 my good friend, Mr. John White, Jr. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. John. What's going on, Jay? Doing Man, all right? Doing fine, sir. Doing fine, sir. Rashawn, this guy, this guy here had a three-pointer. Rashawn was killing him. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I, John, I've been, I've been hearing about some of your exploits, man. Jay said you had some game back in the day now. Hey, man, I can play a little bit, man. I can play a little bit. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Definitely appreciate you being part of the show, man. Now, I- I've heard that you have – I was checking out some, some, your bio and some of your info, and, and I heard you have some some elite camps. Is that right? Uh, basketball camps? Yeah, this is cool, man. A friend of mine, uh, actually a guy used to represent me the last three years of my career, man. We do a thing called Train with the Pros uh, uh, every morning. Monday through Thursday, nine to one, and then I have my own thing where I, I do my uh, I keep shooting, man. I train shooters, so um, oh wow, it's, it's going pretty well, man. Yeah, so I, I I break down the shot, man. See I see all these kids with these bad fundamentals of shooting, man. So I try to get them early, breaking bad fun, breaking bad habits. So, Absolutely, yeah, it's go, it's going well. Yeah, yeah. The, the kids nowadays, especially, man, need that because even like when I talk about my son, the kids, a lot of times, the way they ingest information with basketball and everything else are through these, you know, highlights on Twitter, these highlights on social media, and they see all these wild plays that these guys in the NBA and, you know, your Kyrie Irvings and your Steph Currys make, but they don't necessarily seem to have the fundamentals. Are you seeing that with a lot of the kids that you are uh, dealing with that you have to kind of go back and teach them the ABCs and the fundamentals of the game hey man most definitely man we, we talk about it all the time man some of my my friends that used to play back in the day and uh, as much as i love steph curry steph curry ruined the game because <laughs> 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 everybody thinks they steph curry man and it's uh you know but they don't they don't realize the hours uh that that guy put in you know what i'm saying they right. don't realize you know the technique, the shooting form he has, and everything, and what he does—they they just see the, the the finished product. Yes, and and, and I tell everybody, man, see, I, I played against Steph's dad, uh, mm-hmm. Bill Curry, in college. Yes, he's at Virginia Tech now, Southern Miss, man, and his daddy could shoot. <laughs> and, and so you know, to get that training up early, man, you see a lot of kids, man, that that have some parents that even play. Uh, college ball professional, you you see them with the proper fundamentals, man. Because everybody knows, man, you got to have the proper fundamentals. And social media is kind of, you know, messed that up too as well, man. They see the finished product. You got guys shooting the ball up, pulling the follow through down, throwing it up, falling backwards. You know, they see they see some of the pros do that. Well, that right. pro has shot that shot a thousand times. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and you know, when you start getting into the zone. You start feeling it, and you know then then you, it does feel like that. You can feel it like it's gonna let it go, and everything's gonna go in. So sometimes you, you know you, your fundamentals off, but the fundamentals yeah. is always there from the beginning. So yeah, man, I I, I see it every day. Um, kids with bad fundamentals uh, in shooting the basketball, shooting team, not getting their feet balanced. I mean, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I see it a lot. John, let me ask you this: Did you see a lot of? Uh, High school sports and you know the NBA, collegiate sports with 
That's the who are in, in the United States Senate about the NIL program. Rand Paul was talking about some things in the NIL program. Me and Rashawn was talking about it last night. What is your intake on it? You didn't have it when you was in high school and college. What you, has, it, has it affected in a good way? Has it affected a bad way? Well, it's like this, man. You know, anytime you give young people money before they're able to, you know, handle money, you know, is it, that's, that's a different story, but as far as, you know, you got, you got parents who, who are pushing their kids. They, they want them to go here for NIL. Uh-huh. Or they, they turning down schools or, or how much you going to offer me for this. I mean, it, it's become, it's become like, a, you know, pro- professionals. Right. You know, you, you're going to the high, you're going to the highest bidder. Uh, you know, to me, I, I, I understand it. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, we used to have this conversation back in the day at Southern Miss about, you know, we, we couldn't work. All we could get is a little Pell Grant. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You had you had to rely on other resources. You know, maybe, you know, find your girlfriend as a buddy. It was, it was like, you know, it was it was one of those things where you, you couldn't fund yourself, you know, and all they would say, well, you're getting the education and, and you eat free, you live free, and all that type of stuff, man. So, the NIL deal is, is good in one way. I wish they would have had it when we were back in school because the school did make money off your image and likeness, you know, mm-hmm. off your name on uniform. So, you know, if you turn 18 and, and you can go fighting wars, man, wow. I feel like I feel like you can, you can make some money. Um, I guess it just has to be a way to govern it the right way, you know, because mm-hmm. like any, anything else that comes into play that could be good, man, we always find a way to distort it and, and, and make it bad. So I, I like it, but it has to be governed the right way. Well, John, you know, you you had a tremendous career, you know, at Ballard High School here in Louisville, and you played overseas and you played at Southern Miss, and you had a tremendous career. But now you're doing something with your sports agency. Talk a little bit about that because Rashawn Myers has a son right now that's uh, aging among all of the top kids in Jefferson County. Okay. Hey, well, my wife and I, uh, my wife has always wanted to be an agent. Uh, I did a little bit of placement guys overseas. I, I was, uh, I worked with an agent. So mm-hmm. my, my experiences with, with helping guys get jobs overseas, I did that probably the first two or three years after I stopped playing basketball. So I retired. Wow. Wow. And, and then I started training. I, I, I worked with uh, a sports agency called Inner Performances back in the day. I don't know if y'all remember some of these pros. Uh, Michael Pietras, he was oh, yeah. from France. He played for Orlando. You remember him? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Clinus. What was, what was Clinus' last name? A uh, 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 dude from, uh, uh, what is his last name? That's his first name. Anyway, he was from Lithuania. Yeah, Linus Klaser. Linus Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they represented these guys, and, and uh, my old teammate and I, we, we we trained them and everything. And uh, so the the thing was always there. I always wanted to coach as well, so I was kind of in conflict. I like I like the development of the young kids, but this this past three months, no, since January, uh, my wife and I was presented an opportunity to to help a kid, and we were in position, uh, my wife more so than me, she has more negotiating experience with, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, 
you know, contract. Because it's, it's, it's right. two things you got to have, you know, for, to even get in to take the test. And my wife has this qualification. She's actually going to be the agent. And she's always loved sports. She's, she's uh, good, good friends. Uh, y'all remember Marcus Dupree? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the day, you know, she she's good friends with him and uh, my stand in Mississippi. I got to meet with Marcus and and we just wanted to do this thing differently, man. So we uh, we started it. We we're, we're we're in the beginning processes of it. We uh, signed our first uh, player to Tampa Bay uh, this past year, this this past uh, summer, spring and summer. Oh, and, nice. You know, we have we have another kid that uh is gonna he's gonna test this he's gotta go through the XFL. So uh hmm. but he, he you're gonna see him. You're gonna see this kid, Jerry, I'm telling you, the kid is a running back from Alcorn. Wow. Right. Um and my wife is currently of course y'all y'all don't know this, but uh y'all remember Josh Norman? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Josh Josh Norman, uh wants us to represent he's coming back for a twelfth year. Wow. He is he is currently training right now. And wow. so it's kinda of something the Lord just kinda of like placed in our path, you know what I'm saying? It was right, it was, right. It was nothing really, you know, time and and when we started seeing the opportunities come, we sat back, thought about it, prayed about it, like, hey, let's make this move. And so that's what we did, man. We started uh Genesis League Agency, uh, back in January, February, January, and uh, we're going to do football, NFL, uh, NBA, uh, baseball. We're going to do, uh, and I'm, I'm going to uh, lead an overseas uh, portion of the company. Wow. You know, helping guys get it back in Europe, and uh, yeah, man, it's been going great, man, uh, you know. But the experience that I have with him, the experience that she's had with him, is kind of like the perfect match of, you know, getting the punch. And my, my wife was also, she used to be a general manager for Steve Harvey. Okay. Okay. So, wow. Um, yeah. So, me, me and her met back at in Hattiesburg. Okay. Back in John, let me ask you this. Uh, and then I'm going to have to interject, and I'm quoting remarks about his son uh, that's uh, rising here in Jefferson County. What, is it, what, what do you see in Kenny Payne? Was it a good decision that the athletic department uh, gave him this opportunity to be one of the top five programs in the country? What is your intake about Kenny Payne and Lord's program? Man, I thought that was a great thing, man. I mean, I know Kenny. Kenny knows me. Uh, I haven't talked to him in, in, in a while. I used to I used to call Kenny at times uh, when I you know want to talk. I had some players and stuff. That I wanted him to look at when he was at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So um, and if you notice, Kenny is from Malone, Mississippi. Cool. I put, I played at Hattiesburg, which is thirty minutes up the street. Mm, okay. okay. So back when we used to play against each other, I mean, we was always cool, man. I always had respect for Kenny, and, and Kenny had respect for me. We, Every time we see each other, hey man, what's up? We might not see each other for years, but by seeing him, it's always, hey, what's up? Uh, the situation for him at Louisville, I, I think he, I think he's a man for the job. To tell you the truth, wow. uh, you know, everybody, everybody was on from this past year, and, you know, and, and in this age of we want to win now, we want to win instantly, we want the glory days, we want, we want to be back on top. 
Well, when you go through what he went through, what the school went through, with, with you know, the NCAA and, and right. all the other things, you know, a lot of people don't put into those those things into consideration. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Kenny, as you well know, is, hey, everything is done through a microscope. So you, you, you have to do things uh, the right way. You got you to gotta, you gotta get the right people in. You know, I think he did a great job with his staff, with Milt and Danny Manning and uh, you know, a few other guys that just on that staff for his player development. And, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I think you're you going to see a difference this year. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a difference this year because, again, you know it takes talent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get some talent. You know, coaching yeah. is one thing, but talent is very easy to coach. So, you know, you got to get the talent in there, and I think once he gets the talent in there, and there, it's going to change. And and you already starting to see some of these uh, people coming in that they right. recruited. So, I, I I I hope, and I think he's going to do well. I'm glad you said about talent. One of the biggest kids in Jumps County is uh, is Cameron uh, Myers and Rashawn. Let's tell you about his son. His son is six 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 seven. Rashawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's coming along. Yeah, okay. Cam Cam is is gonna be set up. We're we're still, you know, th- this is gonna be a a big uh, big jump for him. I, you know, we expect for him to be, uh, you know, playing a big role for for Holy Cross. Holy Cross is probably gonna be set up to have their best year ever. They they definitely are gonna be one of the best teams in my personal opinion in the sixth region. And Cam's gonna be a part of that. So you know, definitely excited to see what 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 he's gonna grow. He's definitely sprouting up there. He's a phone. I'm six four, and he's just uh, just flown right on past me. Uh, you know, getting into that six six wow. six seven <laughs> range. So, you, you know, uh, he'll be a uh, he'll be a senior this year uh, at Holy Cross. He started school early. He should actually be a, a junior. Um, just turned seventeen, uh, but started school early. Um, so he's been over there. Uh, you know, with a, a very successful uh, Holy Cross program over the last couple of years. They actually uh, set a record for wins last year as a program. They have a couple of uh, uh, elite guys over there. Uh, Michael Loftus, who's one of the best point guards. Uh, in the city as well as Jacob Ham, one of the best uh, combo guards uh, in the city. So that they're definitely expecting big things from Holy Cross. They've had a great uh, summer, uh, so very, very excited to see what they're going to do. Uh, you know, and, and Cam's development uh, has been exciting. Um, you know, he, he plays uh, guard, guard forward. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely exciting for, for me as a parent and, you know, definitely with, with your – uh, you know the, what, what you do with your, your skill development and what you do with working with these camps uh, that's something that you know just me as a parent uh, being able to, to, to put our kids uh, with folks that uh, are able to help them uh, reach their, their highest potential you know definitely let everybody know um, you know if they wanted to get involved or check you out or they their son's got a hitch in the shot and they need to get it together uh, what, what are ways in which they're, they're able to get out and get in contact with you uh, to see how, how you could help them out well it's funny as you say that I, I'm uh, I will be in Louisville from the 19th through the 28th of August okay wow so uh, okay. I'm coming I'm coming home and usually when I come home man I uh, I think I told Jerry this uh, my dad got sick back, like right before COVID, man. And I came home for a whole year, and uh, I coached over in Jefferson. I coached at Jeff. Okay. I was over player development and assistant varsity uh, one year. So I got 
I got a good friend of mine, uh, Coach Norman, over there. So uh, when I come, I'm looking at setting up shop over in Jeff and, and working with some kids while I'm home. Okay. Um, so that's you know I'll give Jerry the information and everything, but you can um, uh, my website is uh, John White Junior. John Wesley White Junior. Uh, okay. Dot com, and you can go there. Um, Information wise, um, as far as on the phone, I can't really give you much than that. Yeah. You know, my, my phone number, give my phone. You know, so I'm in, I'm in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, people can go to my website and check check it out. And I'm getting ready to redo my website because I uh, I was coaching. I was coaching the last four years at, okay. uh, at a Christian school here, and I'm not going to be coaching no more this year. So I'm 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 revamping my bio and my resume and everything. Uh, my fact, I'm doing it this weekend <laughs> actually. I'm, I'm redoing some stuff because I got some uh, other things to add to my resume. But, um, you know, Jerry has my information. And when I come yeah. home, man, I, 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 that's what I do, man. I, I, I go home and I go, over to, I go over to Jeff and Coach Norman. You know, I get to go into the gym and I get to work with kids. I still have, I, I still have a relationship with some kids when I was there. Uh, shoot, that was back in 18, mm-hmm. back in 2018. Uh, so, um, you know, I can give all my information to Jerry. And he, he has my phone number, my, my website. Yeah. Uh, I just gave that to you. So uh, that's basically how I can get it to you right now. There we go. Uh, there other we than go. that. Absolutely. E- email, you know. Uh, my email is, if you want to contact me, 45dunk1 at Gmail. Oh, cool. Uh, no man, yeah, I, is, man. I, I appreciate it, man, and I appreciate you taking some some, some time out to talk with us this morning, uh, John White Jr. Uh, you know, for former uh, Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles, so you know, Louisville fans, uh, y- y- y'all know we have a love hate relationship with Southern Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, man, I definitely yeah, appreciate it. Farms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, them old Metro Conference days, brother. Yeah. And, and that, that brings back the memories, man. But no, I appreciate that. Definitely uh, look to uh, con- uh, you know get more uh, contact with you and chat with you once you are here in the city. Uh, but I definitely appreciate the time this morning, man. Hey, man. I'm glad y'all had me on, man. I enjoyed it. There we go. There you go. Jay, I appreciate it, brother. Man, Ballas All-American, Mr. John White Jr. Thank you, brother. There we go. Hey, y'all have appreciate a good morning, man. man. All right now. Hey, there we go. Nice, nice little interview. Jay, Jay has is always bringing some very interesting folks on. I definitely love to uh, put a highlight on on folks, and, and you know, uh, anytime we have an opportunity for for our people to be able to get out there and talk about what they're doing and connect with the community. Uh, John White did play ball at Ballard High School. Uh, he he was a proud Ballard Bruin. Um, before making the move down to the southern Mississippi. So definitely appreciate his time and talking about that. Um, so, you know, d- definitely uh, a lot there uh, to unpack. You know, very, very excited. Hey, having a, having a kid playing ball in the city uh, is a special thing. So, uh, you know, very, very excited to see what that. But, no, definitely appreciate John. But we're going to jump right back to it. Um, uh, have some texts coming in 502-414-1450 the Thornton's text line the texts are coming in hot and heavy uh, texter says good morning wake up 502 main event our culture we just he said well just a couple of things uh, number one KP was asked if he will change anything KP said no well that's strike one 
I tend to agree with you. Like when when you have a uh, you know a four and twenty eight season, if you had a a twelve and twenty season. Um, I would say definitely there was a lot of things that need to change, not only from a personnel standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint. I'd love to hear, you know, hey, I learned a lot of things. It was my first year as a head coach. Um, you know, that there's a lot of things that, that I learned. There's a lot of things I want to do better. Um, and, you know, just us as a program, we're going to do it better and we're going to, you know, push forward. That's what I would like to hear. But when I hear no, I feel like I did everything great. And, you know, it was just a tough situation overall. And I wouldn't change anything. I, Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, he said, number two, uh, KP didn't mention Chris Mack residue as a – uh, as of J.J. Trainer and Mike James, I told you all that they should have transferred, but you guys think they hustle um, and are good players. Well, good luck to them on playing time. Well, I- I'll tell you this. Um, I do think that there is value uh, with both J.J. and Mike James. Uh, I am actually glad to see both those guys uh, stay around. The, you know, the, the thing about J.J., he seems to be a guy who's kind of stuck between positions, um, you know, kind of reminded me of Ray Spalding, where we never never really knew uh, where you know Ray's best position was, and I think JJ is kind of in that same place because he's a big guy who's not necessarily big and strong enough to play in the post. Um, he can step out and step away and shoot the three ball, uh, but he's also got nice touch around the basket. He's got very good fundamentals, um, but you know he's not necessarily quick enough to be on the perimeter, not necessarily big and strong enough to be on the post. So he's kind of a man without a country. So you know, w- with that being the case, I think that he has to be a guy who's just an energy guy. I definitely think that JJ is a player who's going to be best served coming off the bench, um, but I think his athleticism, his energy, and his effort can be something that can be a welcome guy. And if he's a guy who could be, you know, maybe a 12 or 15-minute per game guy off the bench and be that energy uh, change of pace guy, I think that's J.J.'s best skill set for this team. And with Mike James, Mike James is a guy who's going to be that kind of coach's son type player. He's going to give you full-out effort. Um, he's going to be a guy – got to remember, he was coming off of an Achilles injury. Okay, so anytime you have a kid coming off an Achilles, that is a two-year – situation to get back so while Mike James did not have the greatest year I think he had a good year um, you know by all standpoints but remember you don't really get all that athleticism and explosiveness back until year number two so I'm kind of holding serve on Mike James because I'm interested to see what he can do now that he's going to be two years removed from his surgery Um, so I I do I'm glad both of those guys stayed I would have loved to see Kamari Lands and Devin Reed stay as well I thought that those two guys definitely could have been players Devin Reed with added weight and and just Kamari with experience uh, could have been for this team. It's unfortunate those two guys left, but I do think that Trainer and James are going to be uh, something that we can look at moving forward. He said, uh, lastly, he says, another scenario, uh, who will win this football game? Bobby 1.0 team that beat Boise State in the Liberty Bowl, which of course would be the 2024 Cardinals um, with Bush taking over in that third quarter, or Charlie Strong's last team that beat Miami in the Russell Athletic Bowl. Well, you know, as Haven has said, I can answer this one. Haven's not uh, on with us this morning. Um, but as Haven said, you know, he believes that, that that team that beat Boise State that had, um, you know, that, that un- unbelievable uh, group of running backs, uh, you know, along with Stephon LaFours, he feels like that's the best uh, Bobby team there ever was. And I tend to agree with them. That team only lost one game. They went 11-1. and one. They knocked off uh, Boise State in the bowl game. Um, a Boise State team that went on to beat Oklahoma the very next year uh, with pretty much that same group. 
I tend to agree. I, I think that that Bobby 1.0 team gets it. Uh, you know, with a very close, tough win um, over um, you know Miami. But I, I do think that Bobby and those guys get it done. <clears throat> Let's see. We have another text in five zero two four four fourteen fifty. Says uh, Coach Brom has nine quarterbacks uh, on the on the team this year. Uh, who's leaving after this season? I mean, hey, Coach Brom loves a big room. Uh, okay, and that's just the way that he likes it. And I love it just considering the fact that for the last, you know, four years under Scott Satterfield, it was pretty much Malik Cunningham and a bunch of uh, dudes, you know, a bunch of empty chairs for the most part. And that was one of the reasons that I felt that, you know, Malik himself did not improve as much as he liked and Louisville did not have any sort of competent backups. I mean, I love Evan Conley and I, and I love Brock Doman, but those guys aren't good enough to be playing at the ACC level. So anytime Malik went down with an injury, Louisville was extremely shorthanded. We saw when Brock Doman went out there against Kentucky and got completely overwhelmed. When Malik Cunningham is not in there, Louisville had basically no counterpunch. At least with Coach Brom, you know, I mean, whether it be Pierce Clarkson, whether it be um, the the young man Brady Allen, whether it be, uh, you know, any of these guys that are coming in to compete, at least he has, he's, you know, greatly improved the talent on the roster. You know, Jack Plummer is the the, the no doubt starter, um, but, you know, I, I think that, at least in the, in terms of the team, you're putting uh, your team in the best position to be able to handle injuries. And at that quarterback position, which is definitely the most important position in a Jeff Brom offense and a Jeff Brom program, he's going to go ahead and make sure he has as much talent. So what, does that mean there will likely be some transfers or some defections? Absolutely. I mean, it's attrition. And, you know, quarterback position is a position where there's not a lot of rotation. So kids that don't play are likely going to leave and if that happens I mean it's just an unfortunate part of the business but they signed up to be able to compete for it so hopefully all these guys are going to get an opportunity and may the best man win you know this is going to be Jack Plummer uh, this is going to be his ship for one year and then all these guys whether it be Allen whether it be Clarkson whether it be um, uh, you know the, the young man that's going to be coming in next year with Flyville 24 they're all going to have an opportunity to vie for uh, you know time Jeff Brown has always been about playing the best player. That's why he uh, chose Aiden O'Connell um, over Brady Allen, even though Brady Allen came in with all the, uh, the accolades, you know, uh, but Aiden O'Connell played the best, so Aiden O'Connell is the guy who won the job. That's why Aiden O'Connor was able to beat out Jack Plummer, which is why Jack Plummer transferred to California. That's the way it is with the quarterback position. So I don't have a problem with it. I'm excited to see, um, you know, who shakes out and who Jeff believes is going to be the best guy to lead the team moving forward. And then those young men don't have to make a decision. So, you know, it it is what it is. Um, I love it. I love that now we're talking about things from a position of talent in terms uh, instead of a position of who's going to be the guy if this guy goes down because we don't really have much behind him. Uh, It's definitely the way I would rather have it and the way I'd rather see it. So I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and take our last break. Time is flying by, y'all. We're already to the last break of the the, uh, show. So we will be back here. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, WXVW, Big X, and we'll be back on Wake Up 502. I'm killing it like a blind man reading. I'm feeling it like oh, yeah. here comes the oh, here comes the oh, here comes the
And welcome back in. Welcome back in. Last segment of the show. Wake up 502. Taking care of you up until 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, on a beautiful uh, July 15, 2023 day uh, here in the Ville. So much to get into. So much we've already gotten into. Definitely appreciate everybody getting involved. Uh, texts have been coming in fast and furious. Uh, 502-414-1450, uh, Thorns text line. Uh, texter says, what UofL player is playing with the African team uh, that Kentucky plays today? Uh, that's from Steve. Uh, Steve actually hit me up on both the Twitter line and on the uh, Wake Up 502, uh, or excuse me, Thornton's text line as well. So, Steve, definitely appreciate you listening. Appreciate the question. Um, uh, so, today, Emmanuel Corfor, uh will be playing for uh, the uh, Africa Select team. Uh, so he's part of the Africa Select team that will be playing um, over there against UK. That game is 1.30 on CBS Sports Network. Uh, you'll be able to see those guys play. Um, UK has been very, very successful um, so far. Uh, they are two and zero uh, in the uh, in the tournament. So uh, definitely excited to see uh, what they are going to do and what Emmanuel Corfor can do out there. He did not play the first game; did play the second game. Uh, so we'll have to see uh, what Manny can do moving forward. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, we'll check him out. He had four points and three boards in the last game, starting playing about seventeen minutes. So I tell you what, we do have a call into the Wake Up Five Hundred Two Buzz Line. So we're going to go ahead and get straight to the call. Caller, a uh, caller. Your name? The the architect. The architect himself. What's going on, brother? Man, a whole lot and a little bit of nothing all at the same time. How's it been going? Man, going well, going well. We have had a very, very busy morning. Uh, the Haven Harrington, of course, joining us on the line. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've been talking a lot of basketball, Kenny Payne interview. Um, of course, TJ Capers, we talked about that, um, his addition. Uh, and, in fact, Haven, you called it at the perfect time because I want you to hear what Jeff Brom had to say about TJ, and then I want you to kind of give me your thoughts on, uh, you know, on, on what Jeff Brom had to say, okay? Uh, you mind listening to a little audio with me? Hey, let's look at that. There we go. There we go. Let's listen to Coach Brown. Well, we're excited about TJ Capers, and uh, we're fired up to get him here. And uh, I think he can be an outstanding football player for us. Um, now, the reality is, uh, you know, he still should be going into senior year's high school. Um, so there is going to be a learning curve. Uh, you know, he hasn't been here training with us. He just arrived uh, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. Um, there's a lot to learn. Um, you know, he had a knee injury at the end of the year that he's still rehabbing. So there's just a lot of things. So we're not going to have high expectations early on for him. We want to make sure uh, he feels comfortable with uh, what he's doing, he gets healthy, uh, and we get him on the field when he's ready. Well, I think we've, uh, in the past, have done a good job of getting uh, young guys ready to just to let you all know, that was about TJ. Now, this is about the possibility of both TJ Capers and Stanquan Clark, two guys, Miami products, big-time players that will be coming in as freshmen. This was his thoughts on that as well. Hold on one second. Play and, and getting them on the field right away. Uh, in Stanquan's case, it's a little easier, and that's the route we've gone before where he's, he's had a full spring. He's going to have a full summer, full fall camp. Uh, he's continued to learn. He's made great strides, and I feel very confident he's going to do a, a very good job for us. Uh, TJ's, you know, he's new. It's going to take time, so that's not going to 
happen right away. But at the same time, I'm not going to put anything past someone coming in. Uh, so we're going to, um, you know, get him healthy first and make sure that, uh, you know, he feels good uh, when he's on the field. He's able to practice at a high level. We've got to get him up to speed, uh, you know, terminology and, and uh, educate him on, uh, on what we're doing here. And that takes time. So it's going to be a little more of a process with him. This is uh, – you know, I haven't had this happen before as a coach, so you know we're going to be patient and make sure that uh, we give these guys every opportunity. But at the same time, um, you know, make sure they're ready when they step on the field. There we go, Haven Harrington. So you know, just talk about a your thoughts on TJ Capers and what that means for Louisville football, a team that already was getting a lot of hype coming into the year, and then the potential with he and Stan Quan to stand out linebackers uh, from the Miami-Dade area uh, and their impact and what that possibly could be uh, on the Louisville program? I mean, the impact on the Louisville program is, is huge, right? This is, T.J. Capers is the third highest rated recruit ever in Louisville football history of some services. He actually may be the highest rated recruit of some services had, had about a five-star, which is just phenomenal. Um, what this means for Louisville is that a lot, of, a lot of Louisville fans, including myself, were worried that he would make it, right? That, that he would make the signing day, that Miami, uh, Penn State, or some larger program would come in and swoop him and, and get him before you know, signing day next year. So to convince him to reclassify and come on now is huge. And what this also signals, which is huge for the for Lewis program, is that the Miami pipeline is back open. You know, like remember last year when we uh, when they first hired Brom, I uh, wasn't even last year, actually a couple months ago, when they hired Brom and we saw that picture of Brom with Uncle Luke down yeah. in Miami, and then we knew at that point it was it, it's like we on and popped it uh, because Uncle Luke has his fingers on the pulse of all the talent in South Florida. Um, so to have a picture of Uncle Luke with the Louisville gear was just like huge. And you get TJ Capers, you know, you get, once you get the WMA pipeline going, that's when Louisville was his best, when you were getting guys out of South Florida. And you get that back, and, and they get one of the best players out of South Florida. I mean, like, normally, you know, we get some pretty good players out of South Florida. You know, before Strong, when, uh, when Bobby was here, and even back when Howard was here, we would get good players out of Miami, good three-star players, every now and then a four-star player, but it was normally guys that Florida State, Miami just didn't have room for. Now we'll beat those programs out and taking the best of the best out of Miami Dade, and that, that is beyond huge because, I mean, Miami produced enough talent by themselves, so, I mean, out of that city is phenomenal. So to get these guys on campus, to get them ready, uh, you know, even if they don't even, like, play a lot the first couple of games, just to get them out there, to get them ready, to get them in the system, is phenomenal. Because, you know, one thing about, you know, about high-rated four-star, five-star guys is a lot of these guys are rated so high because they already have the bodies to play immediately, right? It's like the, the difference between a five-star and a four-star is usually that, the five stars are physically ready to go. Besides just being down there on the field, you know, wherever they are, 
uh, you know, they are physically ready to play immediately. So these guys are physically ready to come right now. Now it's really about learning the scheme, learning how to play at, at the college level, and just getting some reps. So this is huge, especially at a position and linebacks, and then they're a little bit lost a lot of talent. You know, you lose uh, Duncan, you lose Mike Montgomery, a lot of guys. There are tremendous, you know, contributors at the linebacker position. Replace them with this type of talent is just phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and it was at a position of need, right? Because, I mean, the linebacker position was kind of the biggest hit positions uh, in this offseason, and Louisville had been a little bit thin. Of course, they had added Keith Brown, the transfer from Oregon, uh, and they had a couple of guys that were returning, but your depth really just wasn't there. And, of course, you had Stan Quan Clark there, who was a true freshman, but as Coach Brom said in his uh, sound clip right there, uh, he, of course, did go through uh, the um, – he did go through the uh, the spring practice so that was a big leg up but just being able to add a kid of the talent and just to let you all know like TJ Capers isn't your normal average freshman. This young man is already six foot two, 230 pounds. Physically, he's already the type of size, uh, you know, that, that you want that can come in and play immediately. So, you know, this is going to be a situation where you have a young man that's going to have the potential to be able to come in once he's healthy, coming off of this knee injury. They're going to take it slow, but once he's finally able to get out there, He's got the talent to be able to, uh, you know, be able to make an impact, even if it's just on rushdowns. If they say, you know, this is going to be a clear passing third down situation, let's go ahead and put TJ in there and let him go get the quarterback. You know, that type of situation. Um, so, yeah, no, I agree with you, Haven. I, I think that um, it, it's it's a big-time coup. It's a big-time addition um, to a, a position of need. Um, you know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you want. I mean, you know, they, they talked about kind of the, the lack of – experience at the tight end position but at the same time they have some talent there right so I mean that that's the most you can hope for and and you know even though you have maybe a lack of experience you would hope that the the talent can kind of help pull you through versus teams that you may have an even or maybe a bit of a slight advantage that you at least win the games that you're you, you're supposed to win right oh heck yeah and, and, and like I said before man that's the big thing about having you know, high-level four, five-star talent that these guys are physically ready to go right now. Now it's just training them up and getting them ready, get them in the scheme, let them learn how to how to do a four-two-five, and let them loose. And the good thing is, a little with schedule, you know, you have enough winnable games at the beginning of the schedule. They should actually, you know, should be able to get some meaningful playing time, which is even better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so it's definitely a welcome addition. You know, this Louisville football program, uh, you know, while it has not been terrible over the last several years, and that's one of the things I always like to continue to um, kind of respond to is people that act like, under uh, Coach Satterfield that this Louisville program was in, it was just terrible. It wasn't about necessarily that Coach Satterfield was a terrible football coach. You just felt as if there was a defined ceiling on how high uh, this Louisville team could go with Coach Satterfield as the coach. Um, you know, but I, I think that that excitement that Jeff Brom, you know, a guy who has multiple wins over top 
two top three programs at Purdue that he can bring that type of you know success to the University of Louisville in a much more winnable situation in the ACC. You know, so I think that's the hope that that Jeff Brom can can bring to that. So, you know, I, I, I'm very, very excited about that. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. Haven, I tell you what, we got another call come, coming into the, uh, to the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line, so we're going to go ahead and bring them on right now, okay? Uh, caller, your name? You know who it is, Hey, hey Wayne, what's going <laughs> Wayne. on? Man, how y'all doing this morning? Man, doing all right, man, doing all right. Talking a little Cardinal good, football, good, you know, Cardinal good. basketball. Man, what you got for us this morning? Well, I, I, I'm going to talk about two things, and this is near and dear to my heart. I And I'll just say it, you know, I say it like it is. I hate fickle fans. Yes. That when I say fickle, and I do mean fickle, they fickle if you win, they fickle if you lose. So what do you do? And, yeah. and as far as fan goes and the team – Go out and win. That'll shut off, shut shut all that up. Period. Absolutely. That's all you got to do. Your your job is to win. And and, and and I'll say this: it ain't to please the fans. It's to please you. You're the coach. You do what you need to do. Go out and win. That'll stop all that noise. And secondly, another thing that uh, did me. I heard you talking about Capers. He's outstanding. And I hate all this political politicalness. In these ratings, but if you're a five star, you're a five star. It don't make no difference where you go. If you're a five star, how you gonna drop? You ain't even play the game. Yeah, T.J. Capers was literally rated the number seven overall prospect in the class of 2024 and the number one outside linebacker by most rating systems prior to his commitment to Louisville. And it was after the football season had ended. <laughs> That's ludicrous. You you know what you. Know, you know, it, 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 and we say it all the time, it's TBS, and we don't mean turn the broadcasting station either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it is, uh, and it's one of those things where, as Louisville fans, we've gotten used to it. We always expect, you know, if Louisville football gets any sort of big-time commitment, you're going to see that rating drop at least 40 exactly. or 50 spots, at least. And, and, then, and then you get the foolishness, well, how did they get him? How does anybody get anybody? Right. You and what what people what 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 I call them the talking heads. You don't see every single player. So how are you gonna rate them? How are you going to rate them? And and what they do, their work speaks for itself. And and, and you can say, well, their reputation precedes them. But that young man, that that young man is outstanding, and is going to be tremendous. And I I, lo- I love we got him, and we'll continue to get we'll we'll continue to get them. And and I but and you know what's funny and I'll say this and I'll let, I'll let you go and, yes, if he if he had went to Alabama would he have dropped and and I've seen five stars go to Alabama don't even play no you're right so what does that tell you his rating may have went up if he went to Alabama he made a jump from number seven to number uh, two or three <laughs> right absolutely absolutely but Sean you know you you and Haven uh, you you know you my guys. And, and, and I, I got I got to I got to shoot a jab at Haven because when, when I saw him a few weeks ago, we, we were at a service. <laughs> he said, "Don't you know?" What? <laughs> and I forgot. And this, this is funny. These my boy. I didn't realize how short Haven was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cold, Haven. That's cold. But I, 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 told, I told him I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna call and let you know. But Haven is cool. He's, he's good people. You you know you 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 know but 
and I'll be politically correct. You you know you my guy. <laughs> and you know what I you know what I would normally say. I'm your favorite ninja. That's okay. That's hilarious. Hey Wayne, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, appreciate the call but, this but, morning. But you yeah. and Haven, you know I, I I love you guys to death, man. Cause y'all you are the best. Hey, and man. I mean that with all sincerity. And I'm so glad that we we had the opportunity and the privilege and the pleasure to meet each other, know each other. Cause y'all good people, man. Hey man, and, I, just, and I'll tell you this: yes, sir. we go back a long way. What? Oh yeah, back to the days of WLOU. <laughs> just keep on doing what you're doing, cause. Don't nobody do it like you guys. I mean that. Because y'all are the best. Oh, no, man. Wayne, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate the call this morning. All right? You take care. Have a good weekend. Okay. Thank you, Sean. Y'all take care now. All right. There you go. There we go, Wayne. Wayne checking in as well. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, appreciate the call in. I appreciate all the interactions this morning. Haven, I got one more clip for you I want you to react to real quick before we get out of here. I got to get all my football stuff in with you uh, while you're on the line. Uh, this is Jeff uh, Jeff Brown talking about his quarterback room. Quarterback is such a vital position that uh, it takes every ounce of work that uh, you can put in to get them ready to play. So learning the offense, learning the scheme, learning the system, learning fundamentals and mechanics and all those things, working on them daily. Um, being able to grasp things, uh, you know, lead a football team, throw the ball accurately, be able to throw the deep ball, be able to drive the football, throw on the move. All those things need to be practiced and harnessed. And, uh, you know, at this point, that room is stronger. Uh, there's more viable competition in there to help us uh, not only through this year, but for years to come. So I've, I've been excited about the additions we've made. They've worked hard. It's a really good room. There's, there's good nucleus of guys in there. They've worked hard together. They understand that. Uh, the best one will be on the field, the next best one will be ready, and the other ones will be ready to go as well at any, any given point in time. So we've had some years where guys have stayed healthy, but some years we've had to go down to our fourth and fifth quarterback. So it just it all depends. And, uh, but this, this, this room has done a really good job of uh, competing and working hard to this point. Quarterback is there we go. There we go. I know that was a – sorry about the audio. That, that uh, audio clip – um, was a little bit low, so I definitely uh, apologize if you had any issues um, hearing that. But uh, basically just kind of talked about, Haven, what, what we talked about with Jeff Brown, right, which was, you know, he's excited about it. But, you know, somebody asked, a texter asked earlier about, you know, who's gonna, he's got nine quarterbacks in the room, who's going to leave? But, I mean, isn't that a better co- uh, uh, situation to be in than just basically what Louisville's had the last several years where it was basically Malik Cunningham and nobody else? In the mortal words of Clagthorpe, iron sharpens iron. <laughs> that's what you want, right? That's what you want. You want as much talent, as much competition in there as possible because that's the only way to make them better. And that's what we have. Talent and competitions, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Haven, I definitely appreciate it. I know you are uh, out and about. I appreciate the call in, man. Uh, you know, so so thank you for that. Uh, you know, big shout out to all my, my people that were uh, involved today. Jay has, uh, you know, uh, J- John calling in and, and talking about what he had going on, John White Jr. Um, so definitely appreciate him. Uh, but uh, Haven, you be safe, brother. Get back in town. All right. And then uh, uh, we're going to keep it moving. All right. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Go Bison. Look at uh, Howard, Howard University getting the shot. I love it. <laughs> there you go. There we go. I appreciate it. Hey, Haven, you have a good one, man. I appreciate you, brother. Hey, later. There we go. There we go. Hey, people, I appreciate you checking in. This is Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. Check you guys out next week. Uh, until then, 
Y'all stay frosty. We out. <laughs>